they come in the fire in the back, you think. All right. We will go ahead and get started. Tonight is singing night, as you can tell. Everybody gets scared to death when it's singing night. But singing night, preaching night, worship night, it's all that matters. Um, do pray for Sister Barbara. She wasn't feeling just her best, and so was not able to be with us tonight. Remember her. Uh, remember Brother Mike Hoggard in your prayers as we've been asking. Our little Lucas uh, will be having surgery if, if not in surgery. So remember him. In your, in your prayers, Sister Donna Arnold, glad to have her this morning. Brother Jerry's got uh, upcoming, so remember that. Remember that. Sister Joanne. What's wrong with it? No, you said what's wrong with it? Breathing. Okay. Right. I remember that. Remember Johnny. Remember uh, little Grayson in your prayers. Also remember Sister Rita in your prayers. Remember the Texas family, families, our country, and then Brother Danny's aunt and uncle's family. Anybody else? Brother Philip, remember him. He wasn't feeling well. And then let's remember all those that were traveling. Stand and go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, we thank you this evening for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you, dear God, for being with us, Lord. We pray, Father, that your will would be done, your name would be glorified. Father, touch our hearts tonight and help us, dear Lord, to lift you up. Father, I pray this evening that you just move in a mighty way. God, reach out, Father, we pray, Lord, to those that are sick and afflicted. Touch their bodies, precious God, we pray. Father, those that are sin sick, dear God, we pray, Lord, touch their hearts that they'd see your, you, see their need, accept you as Lord and Savior. We do want to thank you, dear God, today, Father, for answering our prayers, Lord, and we just give you glory and honor and praise for it all in Christ's holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've been praying a long time for one soul to be saved, and after church this afternoon, I was told by uh, a little Christian that uh, he wanted to be baptized because he had accepted the Lord. And so uh, we was walking out, they was going out the door. I had to bring him back in. He said, why are you holding me? Why are you holding me? I said, because I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so anyways, uh, 
do remember that. And we're, we will be having the baptism service on the 26th Sunday morning uh, after the morning service, so remember that as well. Brother Long. Go ahead and turn to page 152, page 152, in the blue book. Turn to page 140.
verse 42, page 42. Page 127, page 
94, page 
kind of like this. It's Sunday night and song night, but a lot of folks uh, weren't able to be here, and some folks chose not to be here, and we're getting done a little earlier, so that leaves me time for being here. And uh, got some uh, scripture tonight we want to use and go through it, so I pray that you'll lead with us for a little bit. Plus, we don't have to go to work tomorrow. At least I don't. Uh, and all you retired folks don't. Brother Danny says he does. And I'll play my fiddle for him real quick. At least my heart bleeds for you. Uh, but we'll not keep you a long time tonight. But we're going to look at some things this evening. Uh, you know, as I was saying this morning... Uh, looking at the scripture and uh, looking at the words uh, that we had, his mercy, it caused me to look a little further. I, I have a hard time sometimes uh, staying on track. I have, um, I, I don't want to say, uh, my wife says I'm a little bit dyslexic, and then I also have ADHD. I don't know what that means uh, because I can't study it long enough. And I know that there are a few folks who have issues like that, but when it comes to studying the Bible, I get sidetracked real easy when I start looking at words, and so we was looking at His mercy, caused me to look at His grace, and then I thought the grace of God, and so we just kept going back and forth on these things, and um, just want to share with you tonight the grace of God, and then also talk a little bit about His grace, which is still going to be God's grace. Uh, so if you got your Bibles tonight and you want to turn with us to the book of Luke, the second chapter, Luke chapter 2, we'll start looking here. Jesus is presented uh, in the temple. We go down here a little further into this and we, we see these words here. We're talking about Simeon. It said in verse 27, and it came by the spirit into and he, and he came by the spirit into the temple talking of Simeon and when the parents had brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom law then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at all these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a word, a sword shall pierce through thy soul, thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then if you go down there a little further, it talks about Anna. But look at verse 40. It said this, And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You think about this this evening, what I talked a little bit about this morning, about how that our lives, the way that we live, reveal the mercies of God. Well, Jesus had the grace of God upon him, revealing to you and I God's grace. 
even if we look at this tonight, we'll say, well, he is God. He is grace. He is. But, but think of how the scripture is writing here tonight to let you and I know that the grace of God is revealed unto us through Jesus Christ and was upon him. In the book of Acts, the 11th chapter, in the 22nd verse, it said, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the churches which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go uh, as far as Antioch, who when he came had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. If you, if you think about it this way tonight, the grace of God was seen upon the lives of those that Barnabas was going to in Antioch. He was going to see a revelation there. Uh, things were happening there. Can I tell you tonight, church, that I would, that God would see, uh, allow things to happen in our church. And so here's the deal. I, I've said this, and I, I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. I love God for it. Uh, we've been praying for one soul, and we got one soul. So now let's start praying for one soul more. Let's start praying for a, dead, a lost person to get saved and a, and, a, and a backslidden person to rededicate and get things right with God. Let's start praying that God would put on the hearts and the minds of people uh, that they would understand that God's grace is not just uh, for them to do uh, things uh, simply, or, or I say this, the grace of God is not simply uh, in the aspect that they would get saved, but also that in their hearts and in their lives, they would have an attitude of pursuance so they would pursue after God and the things of God, desiring God. And, and I was thinking that Sister uh, Dean was coming in this morning. Uh, she got out of Sister Barbara's car and she had looked up there and, and, and she was looking at the, school, the, the Sunday school wing there in the classrooms. And, and she said there was a time when you would get here and there would be kids looking out those windows there uh, because the classrooms were full. And I thought to myself, there could be a time like that again if we would fall so much in love with God that we would pursue as hard as we could how to get lost so saved. Maybe it could happen again. Maybe it won't happen again. I don't know. I'm not going to tell God what he can and cannot do. But here's the deal. I tell folks all the time. We're a little country church in a great big building in the middle of a city. And friend, let me tell you something. We got a small congregation, but we got a great big God. If we could just get people to understand the grace of God. And you think about this, Barnabas was excited because of what was going on there. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 43, it says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. You know what they were saying? We've seen enough, we want more. Not we've had enough, we don't want no more. We've seen enough, we want more. You and I do not need to be persuaders of men. Thence they sailed into Antioch, which they had been recommended in the grace of God. Now think about this. The grace of God was working in many ways. And I'm talking just a little bit about this tonight. I'll give you the notes afterwards if you'd like to or say the, the scriptures here. But think about this tonight, church. A lot of times we don't realize that we're going in the grace of God. We're walking in the grace of God. We're working in the grace of God. We're standing in the grace of God. And the grace of God is so good to you and I that we just can't even understand sometimes how wonderful it is. I mean, you and I are here tonight by the grace of God. I, I, it's just one of those deals. We, we don't think about it. I, and I, I know I didn't have to drive this service tonight, but for all of you who drove this afternoon, how many of you passed somebody going the opposite way? Think about how fast that person was going. 
And just in a matter of a second or a split second, we would say, how, how fast it happens that somebody crosses the line somewhere, hits somebody else, and the next thing you know, somebody's dead. We all got here tonight by the grace of God, not by our skills, not by our talents, but by the grace of God. We drove down here Friday evening, and by God's grace, we've been here. And, and just think about this tonight. We, we drove down here. We drove 75, 78 miles an hour. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I tend to do about two over. I try to stay out of the way of people, and I try to stay uh, uh, some past me, but I try to stay ahead of others. I mean, it's one of those deals, but, but nonetheless, at that speed, a blown tire, a deer, anything can happen. I blew a tire in my big work truck the other day. Luckily, I was doing about 35 miles an hour when it blew. But it was such a tremendous crash and, and the, the weight of the truck hitting the ground so fast it jarred me and hurt my neck, hurt my back. And I was thinking to myself, good night. I wasn't going that fast. Could you imagine what happened if I was? Church, it's just by God's grace that any of us are here tonight. You jump down into the book of Acts in the 20th chapter. If you'll flip over there with me for a minute, I'll, I'll try to pause just a second. Acts chapter 20. Go back there into verse 17. And from Miletius, he sent Euphrit, and I don't pronounce these rise, Ephesus, and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came unto Asia, into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all the, you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. But I have shewed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both in the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit, bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, serve that the, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that the bonds and afflictions abide in me. And none of these things move me, neither count I myself dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Think about it. Paul is telling them here, everything that's happened, everything that's going to happen, and the things I don't even understand, it's all about this, telling folks what God has done to me. And showing the grace of God to others. Church tonight, that's what our lives are supposed to be about. I thought about the scripture there and actually almost put it down. Where Paul was talking about the temptation that he had. He said he had a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he sought the Lord Christ that it might be removed from him. And the answer that Paul got was, "Never, my, my grace is sufficient. Let me just think about this for you. Paul... Man of God, teaching others about the grace of God, having to go through the lessons of God's grace in the afflictions that he had. In the book of Romans, in the 15th chapter, or excuse me, in the 5th verse, I love Romans chapter 5, but I won't take time to read all of it. 
But, but just think about this there. It started off, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We got peace with God. What do we got, church? We got the grace of God. God's grace on us. I mean, that's the really the long and the short of all of it there. But if you go to the 12th chapter, he says, Wherefore is by one man sinner, or excuse me, the 12th verse, Wherefore is by one man sinned into the world death by sin, and so death passed upon all men that all in sin. For until the law was in the world, but excuse me, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that is to come. But as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many dead, many be dead, much more by much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded in the many. In other words, this way you can sum it up: Adam was dying because he sinned. You and I get to live because of God's grace. It is simplic, simplic. It's just that simple. We, we sometimes don't understand how simple God's grace is. And yet the transformation that it makes in our lives is something to behold. Jumping on down there a little ways, I, I'll, I'll read through some of the others that I have here. In 1 Corinthians 1, chapter four, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. It comes only through him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth on, but let every man take heed how he buildeth upon. Think about it, church. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am. Now I'm going to stop right here. I hear this verse used so many times, tore up so many times, and it's not even completed. But, but listen to this. They always say, well, see there, Paul just says that he is what he is by the grace of God. So I'm no better than, no worse than Paul is. Let me tell you, Paul was not talking about the ability to sin. He wasn't making an excuse for his flesh to sin. Paul was saying, had it not been for the grace of God, I'd have been dead. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, which means he was trans transformed and saved, separated from a sinful lifestyle, separated so that he could do the will of God. He was once persecuting the church. Now he's trying to evangelize the church. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Church, listen to me. God's grace, the grace of God, in our lives should not be bestowed upon you or I in vain. We should not use it and abuse it, but we should live through it and because of it, holding up the things of God, holding up the standard of God, making sure that our lives are pleasing unto God. My life here should be a servitude unto God. He said, but I labor more abundantly than all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and God's sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have our conversation in the world and more abundantly towards you. Church, listen to me. 
We ought to rejoice in this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, We then are workers together with him, beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And just keep going through there and reading these things. And, and for chapter 2 of Galatians, chapter 21, we've talked about in vain and, and causing vain. Look at what he said here. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for it is righteousness come by the law. Then Christ is dead in vain. In other words, we've got our righteousness through the grace of God, through the love of Christ. And if we was to frustrate it, we'd be acting like it was by the law. I don't know about you. Anybody ever get frustrated? God gets frustrated every day because we frustrate God's grace, the people who abuse it instead of live by it. I'll tell you something, church. There's something I know tonight, and I'm going to be real careful. I understand not everybody can, but I also know this. More people don't. You say, Brother Ernie, what are you talking about? Not everybody can make it to every service. Not everybody can make it back on a Sunday night. But a lot of people just don't. Think about that. Not everybody can come to every revival service. But a lot of people just don't. They're frustrating the grace of God. They're, they're using it, and, and, and let me just say this way, they use it so that they don't have to try to feel, or they don't want to feel guilty about what they're doing. They don't want to feel guilty about what they're not doing. They just want to go through there and say, well, I'm under the grace of God. And, and by the grace of God, I am what I am. But I say to you tonight, if I'm not growing in the things of God, and if I'm not growing in the things God has ordained for me in my life, if my Christian walk is not growing and increasing, if my faith is not growing and increasing, am I really in the grace of God or am I frustrating it? Think about that one for just a minute. There's a lot of folks who don't want to do anything. And they sit there and claim by the grace of God they are what they are. But yet, they don't live any different than they ever did. Just, I'm just telling you the truth. They talk the same talk. They walk the same walk. They dress the same way. They do everything the same. I mean, there's no change at all in their life. And, yet, and, I, and I'll tell you something. There is a sad thing to think about this. When the pastors will tell people you need to uh, uh, get right with God, but they never talk about getting right. What that means. You get out of a sinful lifestyle. It's not about coming down to the altar and saying, Lord, save me, getting up and going back and doing what you're doing. And now say, well, now I'm covered by the blood, so it don't matter. My Bible tells me that I'm not to frustrate the grace of God. It tells me I'm not to count the blood of Christ unworthy and trod it under my feet. My Bible doesn't tell me get up and do what I want because the grace has been applied. No. Walk in the newness of life. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. It's changed because of the grace of God. Amen. Ephesians 3, 2, if you have heard the desperate... If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, 3, 7, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. It is a gift that God is giving us, his grace, to be utilized for his kingdom, his purpose, his will. Titus 2, 11, For the grace of 
of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. We know this is Jesus Christ. By the way, this is found 24 times in your Bible. And 24 times, that's the number what? 4 times 6 or 2 times 12. You can divide it up any way you want. 3 times 8. It always works out in favor of God. Then I told you I was going to talk about his grace. So I didn't cover all the 24 verses there, but, but his grace. We were already over in the book of Acts, but in Acts chapter 14, verse 3, it says this. Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which, give, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace. And granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. God allowed them to do what they did by his grace. And by the way, the word that we've got is the grace of God so that we would know even how to live and think about the things of God. Can you imagine trying to be a Christian with the absence of two things? First, the Holy Ghost. I don't think you can live a Christian life without the Holy Ghost. But I'll tell you something else. Could you live a Christian life with the absence of the Holy Ghost and the absence of the word of God? impossible all of this is given to you and I by the grace of God and his grace bestowed upon us should be something that we refresh and rejoice in chapter 20 verse 32 and now brethren I commend you to God and the word of his grace is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified in chapter 3, verse 24, and, and to go back over to the book of Romans, and I didn't turn from there, but, but go back to chapter 3 there and, and look at what he says going back up into verse 21. He said, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just in the justifier of them which believe in Jesus. Church, I'm telling you tonight, we are we are, we are. Uh, just the beneficiaries of his grace in our lives. And to have his grace should not cause us to be less, but rather to be more. How many people could be more than what they are if they would just live by the, by the joy of his grace? Again, you go back through there and you start reading again, but look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Church, the Bible tells us these things. Now think about what Paul is saying here, but, but think about it this way. The Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father but by the Son, and no man cometh unto the Son except the Father draw him. And God is drawing us through his grace. That's a marvelous thing when you stop to think about it. It said in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. I, I've been transformed in this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Church, you and I 
would not be here tonight without his grace. By the way, you, wouldn't, you won't be here tomorrow without it either. You won't be here the next day without it either. Ephesians chapter 2. This, this chapter here, we, we always look at, like I said, verse 8. Everybody likes to quote Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. But let's go back to verse 1. It said, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, whereby nature's children of wrath, even as others. Can I say something to you? Paul talking to them is saying this is the context of what you were supposed to have been before you got saved, before the grace of God was applied. And yet that's a lot of ways that people live today because they say, well, I've got the grace of God. We're living in the grace dispensation. We're living in the New Testament era. Can I tell you, we're living in the New Testament era under the grace of God, but God ain't done away with the standards. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in sin, and hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Think about it this way. God wants to show us more than what we see, but it comes through his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Church, he's just reiterating again, when you get the grace, you got to be different. You ought to be different. And then you can go back over to Titus. We was over there this morning. Back over to chapter 3. Look what he says here. Go backwards. Verse 4. But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared. Talking about Jesus. Not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy. He has saved us by the washing of regeneration the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which has shed us shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be heirs, made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'm just telling you tonight, church, we don't need to be frustrating God's grace. Again, the grace of God, God's grace, His grace, and then I didn't look up God's grace. Now I'm sure we can find it in there somewhere. God's grace, matter of fact, my grace is found twice, one in reference to Christ and the other time Paul was talking about it. But church, I'm just telling you this evening, we are beneficiaries of grace. Not to frustrate, not to sin, not to strive and conflict, but rather to rejoice and live and glorify and honor and praise God. Amen. 
and, and tell others when you get the grace of God, it is a changing experience of your life. It, it just it will make you somebody you never knew you could be. You think about that one for just a little bit this evening. The message of grace should go forth that others would experience it because we're living in a day and hour. If it's not for the grace of God, we'd all be consumed. And that's the truth. Would you stand with us this evening? Heavenly Father, tonight, Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, dear God. So grateful, Father, this evening for the mercy you give us. So grateful, Father, this evening for the grace you've bestowed upon us. And Lord, I pray tonight, help us to live within that confine. God, knowing tonight, Lord, apart from you, we're nothing, can do nothing, will be nothing, and accomplish nothing. But with you, your word says it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can because you can. Lord, help us this evening, I pray. Draw us close to thee, Lord, we ask. And we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And amen. Anything on anybody's heart this evening before that we dismiss?